Welcome to Maryland's Anglican Media, where you can listen to sermons, devotionals, and other media from Maryland's Anglican Church. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, afternoon, and or evening. Welcome to the Maryland's Anglican Church podcast. I'm Aaron, and I'm going to be speaking to you from Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 28. Uh, and so it might actually be helpful if uh, you have that passage available for you to refer to in your Bible. Uh, and that will serve as a good check uh, for you to make sure that everything that I say uh, is actually in the Bible. Let me start with a question. Who is Jesus? Well, who is he? If you're listening to this, well, this might seem like, like a silly question because well, you probably already know who Jesus is. It's actually quite a serious question because your answer to who Jesus is matters and it has deep implications for you as it will shape what you believe, how you live and your eternal salvation as we'll see in today's passage. If you were to ask someone on the street or a work colleague or your non-Christian friend who Jesus is, what kind of answers might you get? They might say that he was a man from ancient times, that he was a prophet. Uh, they might say that he was a wise teacher, a religious person. Some might say, well, he didn't exist. Uh, Jesus was just made up. Others still might answer that, well, Jesus is someone whom some people remember during Easter time and Christmas time, which as an aside, uh, Christmas is in a hundred days as I record this. Now we've slowly been making our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're just reaching the halfway point now. In Matthew chapters 1 through to 16, well, we meet Jesus. We hear his teachings. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We read of the miracles that he performed. Miracles that pointed to his power, demonstrating that his power was from God, and that this pointed to Jesus being the promised Messiah. And we've read of how people responded to Jesus along the way. Uh, and now uh, Jesus and his disciples, uh, they're alone, and Jesus, well, he wants to know what the people are saying about him. Verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, verse 14, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now, these would have been very good answers for a first-century person of that region to give. Uh, for example, uh, King Herod thought, having executed John the Baptist earlier in chapter 14, that Jesus was actually John the Baptist back from the dead. Others thought that Jesus might have been Elijah or one of the prophets of the Old Testament. After all, Jesus had been preaching the kingdom of God as the prophets had long ago, during that time. 
And Elijah will actually come up in next week's passage. But the real actual confronting question is the one that Jesus asks next. Verse 15. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Notice the the change in questioning. Jesus is now not asking for objective information. It's now a subjective, a very personal question. For example, if I were to ask, uh, who did Australia vote for at the last federal election? The answer would be the coalition. After all, they won the most seats and they are in government at the moment. This is not an opinion. This is what happened. But if I then ask, who did you vote for at the last federal election? Well, you tell me, Aaron, that's none of your business. It's a secret ballot. In this question that Jesus is now asking, what about you? Who do you say I am? Well, it's not about what others have said anymore. It's now about them. What his disciples think. Jesus' question goes to the heart. And he's now asking his disciples who they think he is. The disciples uh, have been following Jesus for, uh, for some time now. And so their answer is important. Because we've seen people totally getting it wrong so far as to who they thought Jesus was. The Pharisees and Sadducees, well, they got it wrong. When they should have been the ones to recognize Jesus, well, they knew the law. They knew the promises. They knew God's word. Peter speaks up. Verse 16. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. In this answer, Peter acknowledges Jesus as the Messiah, the King, the Son of God. Now we might be surprised that it was Peter who was the one to hit the nail of the head, uh, given all the times where Peter and the disciples got things totally wrong. It was just last week, uh, in last week's passage, where the disciples, well, they didn't really understand what Jesus was saying about the Pharisees and Sadducees. So how on earth did Peter get it right? Verse 17, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Peter didn't come up with the answer on his own. He also just didn't make up the answer either. But in fact, it was God who revealed it to him and made it clear to Peter that Jesus is the King, the Messiah, the Son of God. This is important to understand because we too need to respond to the question of who Jesus is. And when we see Jesus as our King, our Lord and Saviour, then we remember that it is God who is working in our lives. Jesus 
has more to say to Peter in verse 18 and 19, but these verses are a bit tricky because they have had huge implications for the life of the Christian church. Verse 18 following. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The interpretation of these verses by the Roman Catholic Church in particular has caused great division in the church. It's been a point of difference for those who have left the Roman Catholic Church. Since the Reformation over 500 years ago, uh, the interpretation has been in dispute between Protestants and Roman Catholics. The Roman Catholic Church interpretation of these verses is that the church is built on Peter being the rock of the church. After all, it was Jesus who declared Peter as being the rock of the church. And so it is here that Peter gets papal authority. Peter becomes the first bishop of Rome and therefore the first pope of the Roman Catholic Church in a line of popes that start from him. There is also a popular image of Peter standing at the gates of heaven, the pearly gates, deciding who can get into heaven since Peter has been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. But it is actually only God who judges and only God who has the power to let people into heaven. The best interpretation is that the message of Jesus being the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that message is the rock on which the church is built. When Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, this is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. It is what the church is built on. It is the heart of what Christians believe, that Jesus is Lord, the King, the Messiah, and that Jesus is the Son of God. This message, this gospel, this good news is what saves people from hell. It is the key to the kingdom of heaven. For Jesus says, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Those who trust and believe in this message are no longer destined for hell. They're no longer destined for Hades. They are instead snatched away into the kingdom of heaven, and the gates of Hades cannot overcome it. And so, for Jesus to be the Messiah, what did that mean for Peter? What did that mean for his followers? Let's read from verse 20 to see. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. 
From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. The expectation of the coming Messiah was that he would be the one to deliver his people from Roman occupation, so that Israel would be a nation once again. And so Peter calling Jesus the Messiah meant that he was declaring that Jesus was the king. The Jews at that time were under Roman occupation, and so to declare someone other than Caesar to be the king was essentially calling for revolution, to overthrow the Romans and to kick them out of Israel. But Jesus is actually saying the exact opposite of their expectations, in that he instead will suffer at the hands of the elders, the priests and the teachers of the law, and die but be raised on the third day. Now the time had not yet come for this to all happen to Jesus, and so this is why he instructs his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. But in Jesus' prediction that he would die and rise again, Peter doesn't hear that Jesus will rise again. He doesn't hear resurrection. He instead hears death, that Jesus will die. This leads Peter to say, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus responding to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, because what Peter is saying is different to God's plan and God's way. It is sin. And sin is of Satan. Peter, much like others who were awaiting the Messiah, had an expectation of Jesus to lead a revolution. Do we ever have expectations of what we want God to do for us? Have you ever tried to bargain or to deal with God? Lord, if you do this thing or make this one thing happen, I'll be very thankful. Have you heard someone say, I could never believe in a God who allows bad things to happen to good people. But this actually is not how God works. When we call Jesus the King, we are subject to Jesus, not Jesus subject to us. We are not the ones in charge. For Satan, the one who deceives, wants nothing less than for us to act like we are in charge, 
and not to follow Jesus as king. Jesus describes what it means to be subject to him and what it means to live with Jesus as their king. Verse 24 and following. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If your answer to the question, who is Jesus, is that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the King, then we must deny ourselves and follow him. This will have serious implications for your life and how you're to live. Because it means to deny yourself, to put yourself last. This can be hard to do at the best of times. For our human tendencies often mean that we are pursuing self-interest. Chasing things that we want. Chasing things that will make us rich. Whatever that might look like for you. Jesus says, if you want to follow him, you must take up your cross and follow him. For a person sentenced to die by execution, it meant taking up their own cross as they were being led to the place of execution. Jesus wants us to put to death our old way of life, to put to death our selfishness and to stop chasing our own self-interest. This is not something that you can do once and that it's done and out of the way, it must be done daily and it is lifelong. It means a complete change in your life because who Jesus is to you will show in all facets of your life. It will show in your priorities. It will show in how you live because Jesus the King means that we are the King. In the book, uh, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, the character of Gollum was once the owner of the One Ring, a ring which possessed great power, and he desires to have it back in his possession. And towards the climactic end of the book, spoilers for The Lord of the Rings, uh, Gollum has finally taken it back, but he stumbles He trips over a ledge and falls to his fiery death into the lava of Mount Doom. For what will we benefit if we gain the whole world, yet lose our soul? Can we add an extra minute, hour or day to our own life for our own efforts? Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. This means we need to stop chasing the things of the world, the things that aren't permanent, 
to stop chasing self-interest and selfishness. Can anyone truly find satisfaction from these things? Instead, submit to Jesus. Make his priorities your priorities and obey him. Find life in Jesus. As Jesus' followers, what do we have to look forward to? Let's read the last two verses of the passage, verse 27 and 28. For the Son of Man is going to come into his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Jesus declares that he will return to judge all. Jesus is coming back. This should serve as an encouragement for us, because we know that on the day of judgment, we are presented innocent before him, because Jesus has already done the saving work of us by his death on the cross. We've been made clean before him, and so for those who declare Jesus as King and Messiah, we have a reward in store for us. We have heaven to look forward to. To gain life under Jesus is to be with him forever. For those who have not declared Jesus as their king, there is nothing we can do to make ourselves innocent before him when we face his judgment. No amount of good works can save us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so set your sights on Jesus. Don't be distracted by the world. And remember what Jesus has done for all of us. Keep asking yourself, Who is Jesus to me? If he is your king, live like he is your king. If he is not your king, keep asking who Jesus is. For my prayer is that God will reveal himself to you and be your king.